Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Ensign Kim on Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to our annual Alien Day spectacular episode. Spectacular! I'm your non-traditional but traditional host, Angus. If you've listened to the previous two, you'll recognize my dulcet tones. And as I peer into the EEV, I have here with me... Oh, I've got two survivors. I've got Colonel Craig. Hello! And I've got Lieutenant Natalie. I don't want to be a lieutenant. Not too bad. Well, you should work harder and get promoted. <laughs> I don't want... No, I just want to be, like, found, like, in a tree or rescued. Okay, there are no too trees bad. in the alien universe. That is something I've just learned. Thanks. That and more, as we discuss. <laughs> alien 3, the assembly cut. Yeah! Woo! Ragnarok! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> alien 3, Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. That's- <laughs> okay. Just really seeing it. So, my intrepid crew. Yes. Let's have some spoiler-free thoughts, please, before we hit any turbulence and uh, spoiler alert. Can I start with that? Go. So, I read Gus's notes, and he's put aside ten minutes for spoiler-free, and I was like, what on air? How were we supposed to talk about it for ten minutes and not give away any spoilers? Do not look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so... But seriously, ten minutes. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> I can't see it anymore. It's Avert your funny. eyes. So basically, it's it's aliens in space, but on a different planet. <laughs> on a planet. <laughs> on a planet. On a rock in space. And without giving away too much, what do you think of it? <laughs> that good day, eh? <laughs> Craig. Your spoiler-free thoughts, please. My spoiler-free thoughts are: uh, I've not seen this film in a lot of years, and I rewatched it uh, at the weekend, and turns out I remembered almost none of it. Which, uh, I mean, not surprising, I'll on, maybe. I'll get onto it in the actual plot spoilers part, but I thought the setting was somewhere else, so uh, so it was almost like watching it for the first time. The only thing I remembered was the ending, and the ending was. Qu- actually as epic as I remembered it to be. Okay. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the very end, you mean? Yeah. We need to talk about that. Yeah, we will. Uh, um, I don't like it. I don't think it's that good. It's not the... It's the start of the... Well, yeah, it's the start of the decline of the Alien franchise that it is still not come back from. Why mm. does it keep on... I feel like I can't see more. Until keep those spoilers in. Uh, I'll say... Um, I'm glad we watched the assembly cut this time. I wasn't actually that familiar with it. I was I was kind of expecting to have, you know, I'd remembered a lot more of this, but I must have only seen it maybe once this version, uh, because yeah, it was different to how I remembered or misremembered different parts of it, uh, and we'll get onto that later as well. Um, it's probably fair to say that there's you know this production went through uh, quite a lot of issues. They're fairly well documented, uh, and apparently David Fincher, the director, doesn't... uh, He's pretty much disowned it. 
So, um, you know, there, I'm sure there are massive Alien 3 fans out there, and I don't want to... I really doubt it. I don't want to ruin it for you, but we're probably not going to have great opinions on it. Every film is someone's favourite film. But you should still film. listen. That's true, that's true. Should, I, I literally find me the person who thinks that Alien 3 is the best film ever. Are you seriously doubt? If you're, if you're out if there, they, get in touch. <laughs> yeah, and tell me why, because I I need to be convinced. I'm going to say, I'm going to have some negative opinions to share, but I also, I'm going to try and see as much positive in it as I can as well. I don't under I don't understand the need to mention that the film had, like, production problems, because, like, legit, it's, I don't care. It's famous for like, that. But I don't know any of that. I don't know any of that story. That sounds like a more interesting story than the story that we, we want. <laughs> then, I think uh, they should make a documentary about the making of Alien. Well, they should make a film. Yeah, well, they should make a film. Guess what? About We've got it on the Blu-ray. <laughs> what? The making of? No, I don't. I mean, like the behind-the-scenes dramas. Like, yeah, it should be like it's on, all there. Really? There's, there's tons of amazing content to read online as well. If you want. I don't want. Yeah. So you just said you wanted to see all that and now you don't if care if it was like dramatised some of it might be in the show notes like, it depends like what, what. one of those TV shows where they've got like interviews and then it's got like a um, what's it called like a dramatisation like recreation and it's all like shaky cameras and, <laughs> and like behind the scenes oh. do you think David Fincher should direct a film about the making of Alien 3 I don't think he would go anywhere near it <laughs> well maybe that would make him want to go near it because with dialogue like, written by Aaron Sorkin <laughs> I think that all the other um, Alien quadrilogy films on our anthology Blu-ray box set have introductions by the directors, and again, <laughs> Fincher was like, nope. I can't believe <laughs> nope. that I got you like those on DVD without knowing what number three was. Blu-ray. Whatever. You didn't even realise that Alien 3 was a thing. Well, I knew it was a thing because I got you the thing, but I didn't realise that it was a bad thing. Okay, and with that, <laughs> ring the spoiler alarm. Whoop, yes. whoop, is the end of the spoiler alarm. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. Okay. That was that. We're safely in spoilerific territory. Oh my god. Craig, your spoilerific thoughts straight off the bat. Uh, don't like it. I think it's <laughs> not a great film. Uh, it kind of makes a mess of any of the, you know, any of what the franchise is famous for. The horror is poorly mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. The visual effects are pretty bad. There's, I mean, even for the day, <laughs> I find them amusing. Terrible CGI. You know, you're supposed to be terrified of this thing, and you just, oh yeah, just not <laughs> because it doesn't look like it's there. There are a couple of cool shots, though. I really like the, um, I mean, it's probably the most famous shot from the film. The, you know, the the alien sort of sniffing Ripley. Yeah, yeah. Her alone. That's mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool shot. So it's much so that I thought it was in an earlier film, but it's not. Sniffing Ripley. If there isn't a band called that already, there should be. Oh my God. <laughs> Can we make band T-shirts for Sniffing Ripley? Yes. Believe it or not. <laughs> I think we found the uh, title of the podcast. Yeah, and you can get that at the New Before blog merch table page. Yay! Which I'm sure we're going to work on at some point. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, Natalie, anything yes. further to add that contains spoilers for your feelings on this film? Fell asleep. 
I woke up. You woke up, it was still on. No, how did it do? It's nearly two oh. and a half hours long. It's pretty, it really, it's like, what, two hours, 24 or something? Yeah, yeah we got like an hour and a half in. It's like, whoa. I was like, what kind of non-existent film is this if it just ends now? And it, I thought it was going to end. And then it just kept on going. And I was like, why did it keep on doing this to itself? It could have stopped. Why did they... I just don't understand why they just kept on going with it. Because I thought the longer you make the story... It's still not going to be any good. I kind of agree because, as I mentioned before, I'm not as familiar with this version of it, um, and yeah, kind of was confused by just how long it went on. I, I appreciate that the way that they've altered it is an attempt to kind of get back to what the director originally wanted it to be like. And what yeah. was that? Well, it has that you know, there's a bit more uh, expanded kind of characterization. There's you know. Things are explained that are apparently just you know massive plot holes and uh, were cut for time and that sort of thing in the in the theatrical version. But you know they were trapping the alien, and I was just like, right, what? And now what? Now this is going to happen as well, and there's still 45 minutes to go, and and I I feel like the ending sort of chase scene um, down in those tunnels goes on so long. <laughs> I what's in the other version? This is the so this was my first time watching it, and I've not seen any other version. But I, I mean, I thought I'd seen this. I thought I'd seen them all, but I haven't. I know that now. <laughs> now you have now, seen them all. Now no, when I've not seen four. Now well, when, four? well, next year when we when we watch Resurrection, you'll Jeez. you'll be able to put the storyline like the timeline all together. How we even have it four? Sweden. What we even have is in four though, because like, well, we're not talking about. Four. Well, who's in it? Who's the star of the show? Billy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) This film has a problem that I think a lot of bad films tend to have. You know, there's a a point, and it's a point fairly early on, actually, where I just lost all interest in what was happening. Yeah. Like, completely lost interest. Yeah. So by the end of the film, I was... There was things that were wrapping up and things that were paying off, and I was like, I can't even remember who you are. Yeah. Never mind why this is significant, because yeah. you know it's one of the, it's one of those things that just convinced me not to care about it very quickly. I like I think... the first half hour or so, you know, where mm-hmm. she's talking to Charles Dance and uh, there's all that stuff. Uh, I think that's quite interesting, and and the idea of her being the only survivor and kind of missing the death of these two people was was all right. You know, the, I mean, it does a disservice to those characters, but it's that kind of isolation and loneliness, you know, and that's ultimately what these films are about, because it is, it is about, you know, being up against something horrible with no real support, and that's not bad. Yeah, I kind of liked that bit too, because I thought, you know, they have just sort of gone, right, we're taking those characters away, um, and, yeah, it's that whole, yeah, you don't, she doesn't get to... To like be there for them and stuff like that, but then I thought, well, it happens for a lot of people, I guess. It's kind of natural, like that sort of stuff happens, and she can't be there for them. But I just thought it was a bit of shit. I think one of the major issues that fans of the first two had at the time when this came out was that kind of disservice they felt was done to Newt and Hicks, and that the whole point of um. Aliens was Ripley finding this surrogate family. She'd she'd lost her daughter, uh, and then you know saved Newt, and uh, and then they 
both get bumped off very early at the beginning of this one and it's not even very early if they start off it's right it's, it's during the credits <laughs> well the, the mechanics of that don't like seem to make a lot of sense really because so what you've got is they defeat the queen at the end of aliens which is fine and then they get themselves into cryo sleep again which is also fine but they somehow miss an egg you know yep. if, if it were me and you know ripley is a smart character that's kind of her deal she's always been smart that's why she's lived through the first two films yeah it'd be before i put myself in a cryopod i'm just gonna have a quick look see if there's anything you know see if there's anything lingering and i'll torch it you know so so the fact that she would miss an egg is unbelievable yeah but you don't know if it's like evolved to be the size of like a chicken egg well it shows you it's the it's the sort of standard uh alien egg that you see that's another one of these images that kind of Pops up momentarily in the Why, opening credits. Really? The opening titles. Where was the egg? Uh, it looked like it was top left, like it was kind of facing Stuck down on walls, somehow. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is legit so creepy. Um. <laughs> yeah. So it's. I was thinking, you know, how long after she defeated that alien queen and um, not done this sweep of the the ship, she gets into the cryo tube and then like it must seem like moments later she's waking up <laughs> experiencing it all over again yeah. that's just horrendous yeah there's just no escape for Ripley the alien will always follow her in some way because she can't be bothered looking around it's, it's like that feeling you know where, where, you've, where you're about to go to bed and you haven't done the dishes and it's like I'll check that in the morning I'll deal with that later. I'm, I'm tired. We don't know that feeling, do we, Natalie? I can't believe you're comparing dishes to find an alien egg <laughs> and your bloody to a babe. horrific star beast. Yeah, it's the idea that you just let you're just kind of careless because you're tired or you're fed up or whatever. And she's <laughs> legit had to go through so much of this. Do you yeah, mean, but like, but you know, a half hour to an hour. You check can't blame her. You can't blame her for this. You can't say it's her fault. I do feel like it's something Ripley would have done though. You know, in yeah, but like seriously, you can't blame her for the fact that there was an egg in the place that became an alien because they were all sharing that space. They could have all seen it, right? There are, I think there are many. There are many confusing points about this and plot holes and weird kind of things that people have kind of explained away, like how who got infected with the facehugger. It looked like Newt's. it was attacking her cryo tube during the titles, and then, but then in the end, Ripley has one inside her. How could there be two um, infections? And then in the autopsy, it turns out Newt doesn't have anything in her. Um, I, I just find so much about this very hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's, it's all bullshit. What I mean, what was the gestation period for the for the Ripley alien as well? You know, yeah, like, long time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you look at Covenant, it's like five minutes. But um, Mm -hmm. in the previous film, it wasn't as long as this. It was a few hours. Yeah. I get the impression this film takes place over at least a day or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like three days or something, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's why that also adds to the confusion of it, where you're just like, what is, wow, what's going on? You know, she's got all these symptoms, and then you're like, well, it couldn't possibly be based on the timelines we're used to, and... Yeah, I don't know. Confusion, I think, is my overall. Well, maybe it's because it's evolved. It's the queen that's inside her. How does she know it's the queen? Well, that's true. Because it's the queen that she fights. Again, I don't understand how they knew that. Maybe that. 
She just maybe, that didn't, that didn't appear maybe, obvious uh, to me. Maybe Ripley's become self-aware and has realised she's a main character, so therefore she must <laughs> give birth to a queen. Yeah, she's, I think she has. She she's like, well, I'm important has. enough. It must be a queen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you have to wonder, well, you don't know enough about the alien, um, the, the way the alien biology works. You know, how do... How does one get this? Does one become a queen, and one not? I mean, you have to imagine there's there's some kind of necessity, I guess, where there's no queen, then one must appear, otherwise the species dies. So, I don't know. Or is it maybe? Nah, the queen doesn't lay queen eggs because the queen just lays eggs, face hugger eggs. So, oh my god, what's the deal with like the face hugger that gets like picked up off of like that trailer? That apparently is a super face hugger or a queen face hugger or something. What? It's supposed to be a different type. Well, how did it die? By... By lice. By... By impregnating that ox. And then it dies. Yeah. So then there's it drops two off. aliens. Uh, yeah, it's more, more confusion. Yeah, where'd the other one come from? Yeah. Um, yeah, what the hell? How did I get to the... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. So, like, okay, so it's in the, it's in the ship. Mm-hmm. She's been impregnated. Yeah. The ship crashes. Yeah. It doesn't die. It impregnates a dead ox on the beach. Although it's supposed to die as soon as it impregnates something. That's what happened in the first film. So there's two, at least. Well, there has to be, yeah. In my extensive research, I found that there were some um, plot points or um, plans that that the alien would have impregnated or the face hugger would have impregnated Newt she died so it crawled out of her and looked for a new host and that's how it got to well how can it do Ripley. that but they didn't they they found it too difficult to film or they didn't know how they were gonna I, but then how are you as a audience member supposed to know that that's happened if there's no explanation for it and then you end up in a situation like this where nobody knows how do we need you to get know? two aliens down there? Well, do yeah, we need because to know when the rest of the story they, is so like baloney. They cl- they crash land on this prison planet, which has got some weird industrial secondary function. I did not like the planet. <laughs> then basically, it's just like a, you're back to Alien, the first film, where there's one alien running around in tunnels, in air ducts, and things, until it's defeated at the end. Doesn't even. And there's the first and there's a few. I mean. People who are really into this film would probably say that you know, there's lots of themes about religion and belief and, um, I don't know, Angus, isolation, all Angus, this kind of stuff. Tell me who's really into this movie. There are people out there. Who? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Alien 3 fans? Please. There'll be a fan page on Facebook that has about 23 members. Yeah, and it'll be everyone who's like, ironically, like, this is the best. No, like I said, everybody's uh, every film is someone's favorite film. No, I don't believe that. The world is big enough for that to be the case. Legit, don't believe that. Even epic movie. Even epic movie. <laughs> epic movie. I haven't seen that actually. I stopped watching those. Uh, oh, I think it was yeah. after. I think it was after Meet the Spartans. I was like, I'm not, I'm not giving these people money. Craig, you're giving us too much information. <laughs> I can't believe how many of those there were at the time. Some of which even referenced Alien 3, which we're here to talk about. Anyway, actually. Uh, well, maybe not Alien 3, but Aliens or Alien well, somehow. Well, yeah, but it wouldn't have been that one. I was just trying to get us back on topic. Anyway, <laughs> I've uh, I've got uh, 
a rejected version of the story, which I thought I would tell you because I think this sounds more crazy or fun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The concept by Vincent Ward involved an artificially constructed wooden planetoid and a group of monks who thought they were living... In post-apocalyptic a wooden planetoid, group of monks who thought they were living in post-apocalyptic dark ages, and they were pursuing a Middle Ages-style lifestyle. The group refused all kinds of modern technology, and when Ripley and the alien crash land, they blame Ripley for the alien attacks. That's true. They should. It's her fault. <laughs> yeah. Ripley was to be impregnated by the alien the old-fashioned way, apparently, whatever the <laughs> rather than through a face hugger, and therefore being impregnated with a human-alien hybrid. According to the storyboards, like all the other ones we've seen. <laughs> according to the storyboards, she would dream of half-human, half-alien hybrids. Other storyboards included horse-alien and sheep-alien hybrids. The film was to end with one of the monks performing an exorcism on Ripley, transferring the alien embryo to his own body, and then killing it by walking into a fire. <laughs> there were concerns over the logic and plausibility of people building an entire wooden planet in space. <laughs> Have they not seen Star Wars? No, uh, Star Wars has planets that are covered in trees and stuff. So, like, they have they a have, single they have, biome. They have a sting. Are there any trees in the Death Star? Mm, I've not seen a single no. plant. They don't even have potted plants. Not even like a cacti. <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin's cactus garden. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a Zen garden somewhere on the Death Star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know what's really funny about that? Do you, you think that, do you think that sounds better than the film we watched? I think it sounds pretty much like the film we watched. Oh, I would quite like to see a wooden planetoid. No, like, wooden planetoid, replace it with, like, metal and furnace. Oh. It's pretty much the same. They've done pretty much the exact same thing. The whole um, half... Tra- what is it? The, like, half-human hybrid thing. Yep. That's, that's, they kept most of those story points and just transferred it to this other well, the, crap. The hybrid turns up in the next film. No, the hybrid is, is in this one because she's saying, oh, it didn't look like one that I've seen before and oh, it looks like this and it walks like that's a cat. It came, that's because it came out of a cow. Yeah, and yeah. it walks like a cat or a dog. No, and the, but the actual human heli- alien hybrid, like a proper different looking thing. Craig, is that a spoiler? I, I for the film so. that I've not seen? For a film that you'll probably only watch in about a year's time. Yes. <laughs> and you'll have forgotten that spoiler. I'm not. I'll remember. I'll be like, oh, this is the one that Craig said that one time. <laughs> Wait. But I think that they're like they're doing that whole hybrid thing and they've got the monks and they've got them all yeah. being wacky. and. But yeah. they are. They're all like religious. They are religious pr- prisoners who are also foundry workers. And they blame My- her. My it. memory of this film actually was a monastery. I didn't think it was a prison. Before I went into it, I was thinking, all right, so she winds up in a monastery. and it's What a gentle nuts. memory, Craig. Well, it was, <laughs> I, I don't remember when I, when I last saw this film. A long time ago, you know. And I don't know. Uh, I, I, somehow I remembered that there was monks and I assumed that she crash lands on a monastery planet and... And then I discovered that she doesn't. I was like, all right, they're prisoners who are also kind of religious. Um, yeah. Charles Dance is good, though. I like Charles Dance. He is good. Yeah. But that must be some sort of Mandela effect thing where uh, where you were, you'd were you heard about it and then you expected the film to be something that it turned out it wasn't. Yeah. What? Don't know. Show notes. Mandela effect. What's Mandela effect? I can't explain it more. What better than the show notes will be able to? <laughs> Explain to me now, what does he mean? I can't. 
Well, you can't use it if you can't explain it. Okay, you. so... Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Um, that the story is pants, and that the story that you just read out is also pants, and that it's all pants. I just think that, yeah, it's quite... I don't know. It, yeah, it doesn't really... Not, not very much happens other than prisoners. Guys who are all shaven-headed and running around in a pretty boring-to-look-at set are oh picked off one by one, or more than one at a time, until the alien is defeated, and it's just... Uh, I don't know. Well, the they, were, they were trying well, to replicate the the first one by having a bunch of different people who are all very, you know, are all very well developed in their own right. I mean, I'm they're not. not they well de- they're all crap. No, no they are all crap. About- but they're trying. That's what they were trying to do. So the thing is, you don't see much of the alien because the the alien isn't important. Isn't supposed to be the important thing. The important thing is what these characters do and how they react to it. So the the thing is, the threat of it being out there somewhere is more interesting than seeing the threat itself. I wish it was more interesting, Craig. It's not interesting at all, but I can see what they're going for. So basically, they're essentially going for what every, pretty much every horror film, well, not pretty much every, a lot of horror films have been doing since Alien came out, you know, copying Alien. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how a film in the same franchise is copying Alien. Um, But it it does so with... You know, with far less style and far less substance, and it's just, I don't just a mess. I just, yeah, I just don't get how these people are professionals. Like these people are called professionals, and this is what they made. I just don't, <sighs> just don't understand. Oh, the the well, shade. I mean, you've seen a lot of stuff that um, professionals yeah, have made, and it's yeah, out to be. But yeah, but if they're like aware though, if they they have the an awareness of themselves that it's going to be shit or it's going to be trash or it's going to be filler for whatever I feel like these people I mean did they try I'm looking at that story like like line and I'm just like I don't like what how I think some people were trying Craig mentioned Charles Dance he was good I'm not talking about the actors I'm talking about the people who actually put this thing together (laughs) well I mean what you get is you get a lot of studio interference. You get a lot of different people telling them to do different things. It gets to the point where so much money has been spent that they can't go back now, so they have to make it. I you know, really David, wish that David they'd just gone. David Lynch has signed on the, the dotted line. They won't let him go, so he has to make the film. And he has to actually do the best with what he's got because... You can do that's... better, I'm telling you. Like Even if it gets to that point, you can just go, do you know what? Just... Just to have five minutes of like of blank screen with screen <laughs> and the sound of an alien, and that's better. Just be glad that we watched it. the assembly cut then, because the theatrical version is even more incomprehensible than this. Really? Why? Yeah. Because they take out all the stuff that tries to explain what's going on. I'd I know that. Think I know I'd that, in the, watch that in the version that we watched, it it was pretty incomprehensible, and a lot of it was very samey. And and with those types of characters who aren't that well developed, you can't, you don't care about them, and they all look the same. And how are you supposed to know what's going on? But at least the version that we watched was an attempt to try and you're kind seeing, of stitch it back together. Yeah, but you're seeing again, you're both using this the characters well developed, like those sort of. Buzzwords, but think about it. Were they? Were I they really. Well, I remember when we were they've, watching they've this. I was thinking, in... oh, I'm enjoying Charles Dance's character, and I remembered, or in my memory of watching the theatrical version, I was like, he's probably in it for quite a long time. And then when he was killed off, I was like, oh no, There's he was the only left. he was the only character <laughs> I actually liked other than Ripley in this. 
I'm not even sure I like Ripley in this film. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And I felt bad about that. Nah, I didn't actually feel bad. I just didn't really feel anything. It feels like there's only... Like, while Charles Dance is doing his best in it, he's the only other character that's allowed to have any kind of development. And then once he's gone, uh, Dylan kind of takes on that role. Although, I don't, again, I don't really have all that much affection for him. But it feels like they can only, for some reason, they're only ever focusing on one other person at a time. I don't know why that is. Because it's yeah. I don't. I don't understand that either. Also, Paul McGann's in this. The, the eighth Doctor himself. Mm. He's, uh, Doctor Who, the eighth Doctor. So, uh, Good he plays. He plays Gallic, the one that you thought was called garlic. Oh yeah, when he's like, I don't like garlic. I was like, Why are you telling that guy? He doesn't care. Just eat your goddamn food. Just eat your goddamn garlic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't like garlic. All right, whatever. Don't eat your tea. We've also got um, Brian Glover. He's he's here. You're saying all these names that I know them, but I don't really know them. I'm sure they're all wonderful actors, but I feel that they weren't very well served by this material. I feel like everyone could have done much better. Oh, dear. What well, about... definitely. Yeah, David Lynch is not a bad director. We all know that. He's what about David cool. Fincher? It's David Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah, I'm sorry. Why do I keep saying David Lynch? No, I want to see a David Lynch directed alien film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, David Fincher, not a... Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. Un, I wasn't inaccurate. David Lynch is a good director. He is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, why would you trash talk him like that? <laughs> David Fincher, good director. You know, uh, not not bad at what all. What else did he direct? You've written it down. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Natalie. Yeah. He also directed Seven or yes. Seven. Seen that. Fight Club. Seen it. The Social Network. Haven't seen it. And Zodiac. Seen it. Go on. Yes. Craig. Uh, he's not a bad director. So you know that given the creativity that, that he has exhibited in his career, if they just let him make an alien film, it would have probably been a pretty damn good one. But I think there was a, too many people kind of getting involved, sticking their nose in where it didn't belong, and, and what you get is this mishmash of nonsense. Yeah, so then you're a bad director. Yeah, but this was his, his first feature film. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a shame. And they gave him more? <laughs> well, he considered quitting altogether. I think after after the way this went. Oh, that's really. I do want to see the the mockument documentary about that. But, but after this, he went on to direct Madonna, Bad Girl. So you know, he bounced back. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. Is that amusing for you? It must be. Huh. Oh no! Oh no! Yes. Madonna plays a depressed, high-powered businesswoman who has a sketchy nightlife. The third single from the film. From the album Erotica. Ooh, I probably know it. I love a little bit of Madonna. <laughs> there you go. After and then she uh, directed. Then he directed Michael Jackson. Who is it? After that too. So you know. Who is it? Does a bunch of music videos. Who is it? Yeah, this is it. Who is it? Yeah. yeah. So he directs a bunch of music videos and comes back stronger than ever. With things like. Fight Club and Panic Room and the game. And he's so. the pretty oh, well the respected, yeah, pretty well respected director. Has pl- plenty of hits. What did he also do? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes, he also, he'd also did the Curious Case of that. Benjamin Button, which is. Oh. Really oh. I'm well, struggling a bit to get back. Um, I just I feel okay. So okay, 
I know at the start I said it doesn't matter about the backstory because you need to produce like a good movie and that's what I'm going to judge it on. I'm not going to judge it on all the the stuff that's gone in the back of it. But to have this as your first feature film and for people to just not give you... Well, to be honest, it's, even if he'd had free reign, it still could have been totally shit. I think the studio... The story is I shit. Think, I think what happened is they put a release date out for it before anything was ever confirmed mm. or decided. And then everything after that meant that they had to rush all these things, just story changes. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Pause, 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 pause. I was feeling bad, right? But then I'm like, actually, the story... I just can't see the story ever having worked. So he never had a hope, hell, <laughs> to ever have a successful film. Well, there's possibly a version story, of this story. No. Look at it. Read that. Read the, read the synopsis. You're never going to have a good film based on that. Well, a prison planet where people are getting no, killed off by like, an alien. That's no, not, not not a terrible idea. It's pretty it's a, terrible. It's a claustrophobic setting. It's got people that, in it that can be killed by the alien. I don't it's know if it is a claustrophobic. I don't know if it is a claustrophobic setting. They've just come from a spaceship. They're stuck in space on a spaceship. That's claustrophobic. They are now on a planet. That's not claustrophobic. A but they're prison in a prison planet. and they can't get out. Nah, come on. It doesn't matter. There's a beach. <laughs> there's water go and hang out in the ocean <laughs> well aliens might be able to swim don't yeah. care they've got options. Which, we, have options which we may or may not see in a year's time I'm just looking at the tagline for this film and everything what, about it is, is a it? lie three times, is the, three times the suspense no nah. three times the danger no nah. three times the terror no nah. well I suppose if it depends. who came up with that it depends what it's been compared to, I suppose. Three times the danger of what? <laughs> of, I don't know, the the trip that you took, or the, the trip that you took to the cinema to watch the film? Well, I suppose that's technically true. Why even bother? Like, legit have... Yeah, well, why have, would you bother trying to sell your film to an audience? Why everyone, everyone who was involved in that should be fired. <laughs> I'm sure I came across another one that was for an alternate version of this where it took place on Earth and kind of mirroring Alien's tagline of in space no one can hear you scream it was on Earth everyone can hear you scream on Earth no one can escape no one can escape Earth what mm. even I just I why, why? <laughs> when I woke up from a little nap because I was so tired was and still it was so going boring on. and it was still going on all I could think about was why? Why are you still continuing? I want you to say something nice about Charles Dance, Natalie. And then I want he you has to, nice eyes. And then I want you to tell us about your relationship to him. <laughs> he has nice eyes. You okay? And? No. Uncle Charles? So, no, my, my granddad reckons that we're, like, related should get the DNA test and find out. Yeah, probably not, though. Should have given him a call to see if he would talk to us on this podcast. <laughs> it, was like, it was like my uncle uncovering that I am uh, related to Mickey Rooney. That's, Are you really? Yes. He's something hey. like my... He, or he was, he's dead now. Something like my seventh cousin. That's mad. We're, I'm connected to Ashley Judd and... Fra, what is it? 
Frank, what's his name? Dario Franchitti. Dario Franchitti is like my uncle-in-law. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know that. I've never met him. <laughs> and through that, I'm connected to Ashley Judd, so I'm pretty excited. Although not anymore. So, so alien. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Are you not really? You're not related to anybody that's like. Well, yeah, the, one, the ones you just listed were my connections. What <laughs> <laughs> you know of. So, apart from Uncle Charles, do you do you have any other standouts from any of the shaven-headed prisoners? Uh, you've mentioned Paul McGann as Gallic. Uh, I personally don't have anything else to say because it's so difficult to tell them apart. And, and when they're getting picked off, and especially at the end, which I find really tiresome, that whole kind of running through t- tunnels over and over again, I just, I'm like, oh, there goes another one. Even if it is Pete Postlethwaite, there goes another one. Do you know what? I kept on... Oh, yeah, he's in this. I yeah, kept on being like, how are there still so many left when they say that there's only, like, 25 of them? Yeah. You go through so many... So much of the film, and you're like, oh, God, there's so, there's so more of them. <laughs> and you know that they're all going to die, so you're just waiting for them all to die. They're very interchangeable, and that's part of the problem. It's one of those things where if you, sh- if you get a room full of men and shave their heads, they all look the same, um, apparently. And... <laughs> It's just yeah, they're just fodder for the alien, and so they, yeah. so I guess the aim was to replicate the, the collection of the collection of characters who were getting picked off by this uh, malevolent force uh, one by one. But the problem is they're not a collection of characters; they're just you know, Meat. They're just things that can be attacked. Mm-hmm. I actually felt bad for the alien in this film. Why? Because it came out of a cow. Well, you know, it's been boring. It didn't choose the Hicks life. <laughs> the Scux life. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my words. It's fine. Well, they're, um, they're highly evolved killing machines, so it's kind of doing what it's going to do. No, but think about it, right? It doesn't have any choice over its actions. This is the first film where you see that an alien that's come out of a non-human, and it, it has all these different. Has this like four-legged kind of run canter yeah <laughs> in whatever kind of special effects those were that they were using um, <laughs> but and apparently again from my half-assed internet research this is like the first um, point at which we learn that they take on an alien takes on the host characteristics or characteristics from the thing it was kind of uh, gestating within that's yeah. cute and a difference between the version that we watched, the assembly cut, and the theatrical cut is that in the one we watched, the alien chest bursts out of an ox, but in the theatrical version, it comes out of a Rottweiler. What? Busts out of a this, dog. What? Apparently, this was a in, in the kind of because uh, I remember seeing a GIF of the scene. Uh, from the change that? Go on, a GIF um, of the scene. Yeah, a gif of the scene where it, uh, where it, you know it comes out of the dog and then it just like scurries off, and yeah. uh, you know the the gif was trying to get the point across that it's something terrifying that's supposed that or something that's supposed to be terrifying that it's actually really adorable, <laughs> <laughs> because it did scurry off like a little puppy. It's really <laughs> it looks really stupid. I think that's one of the only things from from the that? theatrical one that I think works better. Apparently, I don't know. This is another one of these. They were multiple production issues which is why they eventually ended up not going with the cow the first time so where or, does the dog come from is, is it just there it's some yeah it's one of the prisoners pet dogs and then it's like sniffing around inside the eev and gets face hugged and then a 
and then it um, births a, the four-legged alien. Yeah, so they just cut the dog from this version entirely because I don't remember yep. a dog. Yep, I mean, exactly. I wasn't paying that much attention. No, yeah. there's no, yeah, no, no mention of the dog or any prisoner with a pet or anything. Right. Um, and yeah, so that makes me think, you know, <laughs> the what is going on? The cow version should just be kind of <laughs> kind of lumbering beast of burden version of the xenomorph. I think it works better coming out of a dog and being that. that I think is scarier. <laughs> Or it should just be giant, because that thing that it burst out of in the assembly one was massive. I'm guessing the dog was a reference to the thing. I'm guessing yeah. it's a deliberate reference. Could have been. Although some of my, again, some of my research has turned up that although the alien that hatched from the dog was a rod puppet, early film tests used an actual dog in an alien costume. <laughs> <laughs> However, the special effects team thought that the dog's movements made the alien look rather comical, so the idea was scrapped in favor of the puppet. <laughs> Still looks pretty Can you imagine comical. that? Imagine a dog dressed up like an alien. I think it sounds really cute. That, I do like that. <laughs> seems like something I'm going to have a look at Instagram for later. Still doesn't really translate to the whole cow-ox thing to me. I don't understand how that works, but um, for some reason that was I the... I think it makes more sense to have a dog in the um, on the prison planet than an ox as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that, again, in the assembly cut, they tried to build the world out a bit more to so- show that they had these, like, farm animals or beasts of burden or something, kind of, because yeah. they showed a bit more of the exterior, whereas in the theatrical one, it was all very much just inside the facility. Which I think must be better as well, because the Alien franchise bread and butter is the, the claustrophobia. If you can suddenly mm-hmm. go outside, you know, you get less of that. And I, I quite like the idea that. In every, well, certainly in the first Alien film, they are a prisoner of the place they're in because there's nowhere they can go. Um, they have to deal with this situation. There's nowhere they can hide. The alien can melt through everything. So they're stuck, you know, and, and the idea that they're stuck and can't go outside and stuff is, is great in itself. I mean, I get the idea of expanding the scope and having a place for the characters to go and, and giving a bit more for Charles Dance to do in some different locations as well because... If you have a film you know, where all you're looking at is essentially a bland warehouse, then it starts to get a bit dull and uh, fantastic foray or fan-four sticky. <laughs> what starts to get dull? Just being stuck in a grey warehouse for two and a half hours. Because this film's pretty dull. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you next about the about the setting and the, the prison and what do you think of the... I mean, we've talked a bit about the idea of setting it in a prison planet and, and being trapped there because you're, you're locked down. But how the execution, what do you think of the visuals and the way it looked? Personally, I hate that sort of industrial, just rusty, old, um, beat-up look that it has. And it just looks so samey everywhere they go, all the corridors and things. Just, oh, I really can't stand it. I think yeah, it looks really lazy. It doesn't feel sci-fi enough to me. It feels like it... I mean, this film was made in the 90s, but it it looks like a really 90s movie to me because they're all wearing, you know, not particularly sci-fi costumes or jumpsuits or, you know, they've got jackets with fur hoods and things. And they're all just running around and, like we, like you said, it could just be a warehouse. And it just... I don't know. It brings the whole thing out of sci-fi kind of fantasy or, you know... Um, yeah, it really drags it out of that for me. Yeah, well, other than the crash at the start, obviously the alien itself and the odd reference to the Whalen Jutani Corporation, uh, and, you know, a couple of Android cameos, uh, 
there isn't an awful lot of sci-fi in this film, and deconstru- you know deconstructing the idea of a sci-fi horror film is it, there's merit to that approach, but the the thing is, it expands the universe while also shrinking the universe because you're just stuck in this place for too long, and um, and Ripley just happens upon this prison planet. They're just what right next to it. I don't know. It's a bit strange. Yeah, it looks like it looks to me more like some kind of washed out World War Two style um, setting than than fantastic and, and um, space. You know, like it doesn't really make me think anything like that. What, yeah, Natalie, like what did you think? Of, it looks like a lot of films I've seen recently as well. You know, the the kind of grey, washed out, boring looking aesthetic. Yeah, uh, it's. I don't know if this started that trend but it seems to be a well maybe it didn't but there's a trend there has been definitely a trend of just visually uninteresting films especially in the horror genre well inspired by you need to be. <laughs> um, what did you think of it I how it looked I feel like we noticed a lot of the the landscaping and the decor because there was literally nothing happening on the screen for the characters <laughs> So I think it's fine that we all sort of picked up on the fact that it looked a bit shit. But um, I don't... Oh, I don't know. There were some really try-hard scenes that you just... Oh, I don't know. They were really cringy to watch. And we sort of looked at each other yesterday when um, there was that sort of scene where they're looking at a map, Ripley and some other bozo. And, um, and it's like the shadows of them. And you've seen them from like the the other end of a tunnel and they're doing this sort of silhouetted talk and it was just so like what are they doing? Who's got time for this? Like <laughs> I don't know. I thought there were some scenes where if you just froze it and you've removed that from the movie then it looked kind of future space dystopia but they were so few that they stood out to me because they didn't really fit with the rest of the shitty film. But it is like, it's strange. What year is this supposed to be set in? No. They don't really talk about it, but they do reference some things that I was like, what? How are they supposed to know about that? Such as? Shirley Temple gets a mention. What's that all about? (laughs) Make a reference Uh, to Shirley Temple. No, yeah. seriously. I just was like, what are you even doing? And I thought about that. I thought, well, how many years have to go by? People don't know who that is now. <laughs> like, Maybe she has a kind of renaissance. No, I doubt it. Maybe all they have access to is like ancient entertainment as part of their punishment. <laughs> and what what was with the YY chromosome thing? to research that but I couldn't really get uh, yeah because I asked you that at the beginning and we sort of like don't really know what did that have to do with everyone who was um, sentenced to toil there I don't know I don't know but, the way the anyway. corporation is really strange <laughs> yeah so the, 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 the way it looked so you have this bland boring rusty looking crapazoid yeah clapped out industrial facility slash prison fill it with a load of people wearing drab costumes, shave all of their hair off so they all look the same. And I just find that for however long this was, two and a half hours or something, that's just far too long to have 
no variety at all in what you're looking at. Yeah, oh. it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, Jeff Goldblum landed on a rubbish heap, and look at how fabulous he looked. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There are things that you can do. Yeah, hence Andy <laughs> Ragnarok. Again, yes. Um, I get that they're not allowed to look like that, but like, oh. The whole the whole movie just gave me the creeps as well. Like the whole bit about she's a female, she's not supposed to be walking around in front of the guys because they'll rape her. I was like, what the f- what the fuck is this? <laughs> Seriously, like I just was like, how did it make you guys feel? That I think that was one of the most believable things in the film. They all looked like <laughs> the rapists. They were all quite proud of it, despite having apparently found some kind of religion. Yeah. They were all quite proud of being murderers and, and rapists. And... Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, yeah. I but again, again I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you which one was which or, you know, who'd apparently <laughs> done which crimes. I guess a better just... version of this film would be Ripley's in danger from the alien and from the prisoners. Although she isn't in danger from the alien because she's carrying the queen, so leave her alone, which removes most of the jeopardy because Ripley's the only character that we in theory care about and she can't be killed because the alien yeah. kill her. So when you find that out, yeah, I suppose you get that iconic image as you mentioned earlier, but but then, yeah, it takes away all of that kind of suspense uh, and then it's, I don't know, there's a whole sort of thing about her sacrificing herself, uh, trying to get Dylan to chop her with an axe so that Guys. she'll end it. Guys, seriously though, the whole thing of you'll kill me, you're a murderer, you'll find this easy to do. I was like, what the what? It just I just found it so uncomfortable and lazy. It's lazy storytelling. It's like were they was it just trying to shock us? Like I just I just don't I just didn't like it. I think the whole point of that is to prove that the prisoners aren't as bad as they assume they're assumed to be. What do you mean they're not? They're, but they're well, saying they... that themselves. They're going, like, she goes over to the table, mm-hmm. do you know, when she, like, walks into the hall, and they're all like, oh, my God, it's a girl, blah, blah, blah. The orange juice that she had looked quite good for where they no, were, actually. I'm talking and about, the, no, I'm talking about the killing her thing. You know, where does does one of them refuse to do it? Am I remembering that correctly? Um, yeah. He's like, well, no, we're not letting you off because then you're going to leave us with the alien and you're the one that brought him here so you can sort this out. She asks Dylan to kill her and then he's like, no, you kill yourself. Hmm. Yeah. They, they deal with the alien very easily as well. It's, it's a very under underwhelming end for the creature. You think so? Yeah. Just they, they end up just... Acid or something. Running away from it for so long, tr- closing so many doors... And uh, and yeah, sort of trapping it in this um, lead smelt or whatever it was. Like again, easy storytelling. Plus, when it suits, Dylan is able to just kind of survive battling it for long enough that can maneuver the hot lead into place and coat it, whereas everyone else kind of takes one shot to the face. Not the, true. With the small jaws. Not true. Who's the guy that goes through the other doors and they hear him screaming for ages? I don't know. Oh, it goes into the big toxic waste yeah, disposal and it thing. It seems like he gets about three spines removed. <laughs> like, what is that over there? I don't know, honestly. I feel bad. I feel bad that we're actually spending so much of our time on on this planet. 
or which there is one that we will inhabit on this trash of a moon. <laughs> this is one life, and we're talking about this shitty film. I'm telling you, but we watched, you know, the the apparently improved version of it. No, you can't improve a turd. I'm going to tell you it's now. I'm going to tell you now about the stuff that was included in this version that wasn't in the theatrical version. There's a few Whoa. points here. Well, there was a cow. I'm going to rattle them off. And then you guys can a real decide to um, pick up on those that you find interesting enough to talk about. So yes, there's the cow instead of the dog that we've already uh, spoken about. Uh, there's the extended opening. So in the theatrical version, uh, Ripley just crashes and then um, they find her inside the um, escape pod. I would rather have had that. Instead, we get the beach scene where it establishes the lice, pimp lice that are on Fury 161 as Charles Dance walks along the beach and finds Ripley there. As an excuse to be like, shave your pubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There's um, the whole Gallic storyline. So the, that in the assembly cut, his, there's far more um, scenes with him, and he is the one that ends up releasing the alien from the toxic waste chamber that they managed to trap it in. In the theatrical version, apparently he just... Uh, he all his basically all his stuff was cut out, so you don't really find out what happens to him. He doesn't go and get and doesn't kind of um, sacrifice himself or give himself up to the alien after he lets it out, because none of that happens. So we don't really know, that stuff really confused. We don't really know what happens to him in in the theatrical one, and he just kind of disappears, and you have to assume that he's been picked well, off. Or he could have easily been one of the many. He, people. he could well have, and I suppose that they probably thought, oh well, no one's going to know of another skinhead goes missing yeah. in an explosion or dragged off by an alien and finally the, the other big change or one of the other big changes is that as Ripley sacrifices herself at the end as she throws herself into the, uh, the furnace at the end in the theatrical version they had the, the alien that was inside her chest burst out as she's falling why did they not do that? <laughs> just I think as a bit of added gore or something but the original vision or Fincher's original idea was that she was giving herself up uh, at a point where she still might have been saved. You know, um, Bishop kind of comes in and or Lance Henriksen comes in and uh, offers her this surgery. I don't know whether or not it was they were being honest because it's Waylon Titani and they never are. But um, they, I think Fincher thought that if she wasn't in immediate danger of dying anyway, then it made her sacrifice seem more... Um, potent almost because you know in the theatrical version where they kind of film her with the chest burster coming out she's dead anyway so chucking herself into a furnace isn't really massively yeah. noble so noble is there anything in, the in that, that it, it's noble in the sense that it stops the alien from getting out no she's already dead though then it's kind of like oh you're already dead like no, whatever it, you're doing it, it when you're if it bursts out of her and then doesn't get incinerated then it's another alien running around a queen alien queen, at that. A queen alien, yeah. Uh, so, no, there, there is a nobility in that. You know, even if she realises it's like the last second, she can at least stop the alien from existing. True. I always found that part in the theatrical one just like comedy, though, because it's like she's throwing herself into the fire at the end. You're like, oh, finally the movie's over. And then the alien's like, I'm still here. <laughs> Busts out. And I was actually waiting for that to happen. I didn't realize that that, that that was a difference in the assembly cut. So when we were watching it, I was expecting that to 
you know, last final bit of comedy <laughs> at the end. Comedy. I'd lost all ideas of wanting anything to happen. <laughs> the only reason I like that ending, I mean, the, you know, the, it, yeah, the only reason I like that ending is because it reminds me of the Buffy episode at the end of season five. Spoilers for Buffy, where she and that's what herself in a similar way. And that's why you think it's epic. Well, it's because epic it and Buffy. You, yeah. I'm making that association. Yeah. I'm making that association. Association, yes. I just don't think that that's enough for you, of all people, Craig, to describe a movie as having an epic ending. By this point, I'll take what I can get. Uh, I just suffered through two hours and twenty minutes of this crap, and <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I just want to enjoy something. I don't know why she's doing this anymore. I no longer care what's going on. But no. it's like that bit in Buffy, so I'll like <laughs> Apparently they added that additional sort of for Ripley because she was originally meant to throw herself into the boiling lead along with the alien that was uh, struggling about down there. But it was thought that it was too similar to um, the ending of Terminator 2. It is was, it, even um, her- was it as she oh, lands God. in the molten... She, she gives a thumbs up. She should have given the thumbs up, or double thumbs up, as she throws herself backwards into the furnace. Can I be honest with you? Go on. I thought about Terminator Two. Is I just was like, she's she throws herself in the furnace. It's pretty much the exact same. Clearly, it if it's laid. Clearly, you're on the same whatever. page as uh, as Fox. Well, but. It still made me think of it, and it's saying that it doesn't want me to think of that. I'm like, it doesn't really matter what you do, I've still thought about it, so... I think anything that is a furnace is going to remind me of Terminator 1 and 2, to be honest. Mm. Uh, what about the way that the, the alien dies in the lead? Oh, pretty awful. I thought that and then gets sprayed with cold water so that it bursts apart all over Can the I place. Can I just say, like, the treatment, you know. the treatment of the alien is, like, really awful. <laughs> well, it's... Trying to murder them. It doesn't. It's a wild animal. Yeah, but you can't tame an alien. You're a wild. Yeah, animal. I'm not saying tame it. I'm just saying leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like in the first alien. I'm sure I said this. They go into space. They start messing around. They upset its habitat, and it comes after them. Okay, like that is just how nature works. That's what you get. Right. So I'm just saying, they've done this. It's humans. It's the fault of human. Well, it's... Well, I mean, the the, the aliens being around in the films, yeah, there, there's human intervention involved in that, but they're also... They're pretty nasty creatures. They're not. They don't know any they other are. thing. Right? There's the implication that they're somehow engineered to be a killing machine. Like, they're... And, I mean, I think... I suppose Prometheus answers this question, uh, and that's one for like I don't know four or five years from now. But um, <laughs> it is, yeah, like they are. You know, they're the perfect killing machine. They keep calling them the perfect killing machine. If you think about it, as a genetic engineering experiment, it's pretty cool. You know, whatever whatever so host body you, it so can the find, aliens it have can been, reproduce. So the, so the aliens aren't actually aliens. They're well, robots. They are. No, they are aliens. So, what are you trying to say? Because I'm saying that in the first film, they disrupt the alien's habitat, and it and it gets upset with them and tags them. 
So I'm just saying, it's just its nature, and you can't say, yeah, but it's a murderous thing. It's not any other way. It's not, it's not its fault. Well, it is acting on instinct, but at the same time, it is right? killing them. And, uh, yeah, was, but that's, that's the fault of humans for having gotten them like involved with them. Something, something, something lore, something, something, something backstory, something, something, something engineers. What about what about Whale and Yutani in this film? There's there's more of the we want the alien, but they don't really explain why they want it. You know why they want it. <laughs> yeah, I think know. that they just have to keep kind of alluding to that. She says they want it as a bioweapon. Bioweapon. Yeah, but it's a bioweapon that's more than likely to turn on you, so like, it's not the most effective. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they keep can... sending their staff to go and get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, um, way the, the way the alien is dispatched is like really underwhelming because if you look at the the first film, it looks to be dead and then has to get knocked into space and then hit with the engines of the ship. And the second film, it looks like it's dead and then it shows up again, clinging to the bottom of the ship. And you know, they're supposed to be pretty tough to kill, but it feels like it is pretty pretty easy to kill in this one. I I think I appreciate the way they get it just because it's different from. Uh, getting it sucked out an airlock, you know? Officially well, different, are, sure, yeah, but... Um, but it's still not great. It, it just feels like, and now it's dead. Well, they give you that kind of... Um, uh, double bluff, I don't know what you'd call it, where they, you know, they cover it in the lead and you think, you're supposed to think, oh, that's it, they've got it, and then it bursts out and then Ripley has to somehow activate sprinklers that you pull a chain to turn on. Yeah. But yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I appreciate the difference. I think that's the only the only thing I could say point to as being kind of worthy of being a, a major difference in this one is that it doesn't get blasted out of an airlock as is the as we've learned is the, the main way you get rid of an alien yeah. problem. I think I suppose I think in retrospect that um Cutting out the, cutting out the the stuff we see during the credits that makes no sense anyway, is a good thing because it keeps the mystery going. You know, you've got this, where is she? Why is she here? What's happened? And then you don't have to explain why there was two face huggers or three face huggers or however many in the hell there are. <laughs> so then you've just got the there was a face hugger that infected Ripley. That was it. Then they check. You know, when they they do the autopsy on Newt, they find out she wasn't infected. So therefore. The, the fact that you don't see a face hugger on her face during the opening is is better, you know, because it's not that, but we saw a face hugger on her face a couple of minutes ago, you know. Uh, I, th- I think that would hang together a little bit better. I suppose the better version is somewhere in between the assembly cut and the original cut. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you can do better. <laughs> well, you've only really got kind of what they shot to work with, so... This is true. Yeah, and we don't need a we don't need a George Lucas style pickup of something thirty years later, or whatever <laughs> it is. You know, let's get it, let's get Jabba the Hutt in in there somehow. <laughs> Natalie, any additional thoughts on stuff that we know is included okay. in this version? Like what? What we've just been talking about. No. No. You don't want to watch the the theatrical version after this just to 
to really compare them. It honestly sounds better. <laughs> and shorter. Well, shorter might be better. And it's only know, shorter by like twenty minutes or something. Oh. That's enough. <laughs> um, no, I. You're the people that the theatrical cut was made for. <laughs> oh, I don't think it was made for me. I think it was a self-indulgent. Oh, I don't well, know. they pretty, they, they pretty what, they pretty much were just kind of milking it and thinking we, we want to make more money on this franchise. It's like, do you know when we laugh about how many Leprechaun films, are, <laughs> and we look at how ridiculous the titles are for them? And one of them is based on Leprechaun Alien. in Space. Yeah. <laughs> Leprechaun in New York. No. What is it? Leprechaun in the Hood. All right. In Dahood. Excuse right. me. Okay. Leprechaun in Dahood, like. And Return to Dahood. It's just all jokes, right? And this is a joke as well. And I'm just thinking, all the people who made all those films made this one. <laughs> I just... Did you ever play the um, PlayStation game of this one, Craig? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've discussed this on every single Alien podcast. <laughs> uh, A- Alien Trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I played that. Um oh. All I remember I from it are dog aliens and just corridors looking the same, which kind of sums this film up quite well. You remember more than I do. Uh, I just remember running about shooting stuff and then t- turning on the sheets because I was rubbish at it. <laughs> so that's all. Don't need to think about anything else. It's just, I'm invincible. What was it? I got pink acid, acid boots on or something. Was it? Did you? So you didn't just have to get infected with a, a queen alien and then you'd be fine, like Ripley was. I guess, yeah, I guess I suppose that's what the cheat does, doesn't it? <laughs> There's a bit of, um, in the in the Alien vs. Predator game, you could, uh, you could play at, well, the first one, you could play as an alien. Yeah. There was a one, there was one where you could play as alien, as Predator, or as Colonial Marine. And I used to just go as the alien all the time because you could run about on the ceiling or run up the walls and stuff. And yeah, so the, I remember thinking, I, I'm i not sure what way I'm supposed to be oriented and I can't get <laughs> this first room in the game. Because <laughs> you're climbing on walls and stuff, but you have no idea where down is anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it's not as if you jump and then fall off the ceiling. It's just, it, I, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. What's going on? <laughs> anyway, yeah, in that game... I'm reminded of that because you could run about all over the walls and there, and then that kind of happens at the end of this film as well is that apparently it was an innovative first person alien view where you're running about on the walls but again I found that so tiresome in this. I feel like I'd rather watch you play that game than watch this film. Yeah and I used to put on uh, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavoured water because you, you didn't even need to have the CD in for the for the game so you could put in whatever musical <laughs> CD you wanted and I'd listen to Limp Biscuit and run around picking off Colonial Marines <laughs> wow that's, yeah. that's intense yeah indeed <laughs> yeah. Um, so in terms of this film though what about Bishop I mean I remember when Bishop turned up I was halfway interested for like two minutes well yeah. he turns up twice he turns up as a severed head and I can't yep. remember what happens in that scene or what he says because I tuned out by that point. He, but the, he basically just gives you the, the logs from the Sulaco to tell you what happened. But right. even then he doesn't even see all the information. And she still oh, so, all right. so he, he info dumps what we've already seen. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, was there an alien? And he goes, no, you've asked. Yes, yes, there was. And yeah. then he's like, end my life because even though I'm a robot, I can still recognise that this is going nowhere. 
and then another version of Bishop turns up, a more yep. evil version of Bishop, which kind of makes him a bit more like um, what's his name in the first film? Ash. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it makes him a bit more like him, so suggesting that Bishop is the exception rather than the rule for androids. Ah, uh, yeah, but is he an android at the end? I don't know. I think he's supposed to be a human. Is he? Yeah, he gets hit over the head and he's bleeding. He bleeds red rather than white. Oh, um, tuned out by that point. Well, she, I think there's, there's, yeah, I don't blame you, but there's supposed to be some, uh, you know, confusion because she. Ripley, you know, is, expects him to be an android because he, told, he he shows up, he looks like an android that she's familiar with, and then he's like, no, I designed the android, and then she's like, yeah, an android would say that. And, oh, right. and so I think you're supposed to, like, not really know what's going on, which doesn't really help because by that time you're like, oh, God, I don't care anymore. <laughs> and that's, like the one te- one, that's like the one scene that I was like, I think I know what's going on. <laughs> when everyone else was so confused, you were like, I understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a human who's, uh, I don't know. He's my robot friend. He's, he's something to do with Whale and Jutani. Yeah, and then when you get to AVP, Lance Henriksen is playing Wayland. Yep. Which again is like something, it's supposed to be, you know, all. it's a bit like the uh, David sort of fastbender-y, all the androids are made in the same image or something, and then, yeah, so all the all the bishops are supposed to have been based on this guy. Whale, yeah, the Wayland from AVP, which happens so much longer before Alien Three, so I don't it's know also who. It's they... not canon. Uh, it's been like when they made it, they said it's not canon. It's oh, okay. a fun little crossover, apparently. Right. Even though they make a load of attempts to make it kind of tie in, like Wayland Corporation, and <laughs> this is Mister Wayland, and uh, I don't know. I think that was about it. Yeah. But, yeah. By then, I'm I've completely lost the plot. Yeah. Uh, by the time the bishop character turns up, I was like, "There's just more stuff now. Why is this happening?" <laughs> but the I guess, are they, I don't know, were they building to a point where you would have an Earth-set film? Because that's not, they've not done that yet. Uh, even to I think that day. was, yeah, I think that was the plan. Yeah, and then this tanked and they made Resurrection instead. Yeah. I don't know, is Resurrection set on Earth? I can't remember. No, it's, I think it's in a space station. We'll have to wait another year to uh-huh. find out. Ah, oh, what, what a wait that'll be. I mean, <laughs> I, I promise I won't cheat and watch it sooner. <laughs> I, I can believe you <laughs> Natalie on the other hand I'm having to hold back from putting the Blu-ray in oh my god yeah up right now. actually yeah, you're be... already queuing up the uh, special features to watch all about Alien 3 no I, honestly I'm telling you if it was like a like shaky behind scenes like behind like an episode of Jeremy Springer Jeremy Springer Jeremy Springer what's his name <laughs> Jeremy Springer <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy like, Kyle. Oh, you know Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> Let's combine the two of them. Isn't it weird that their names are quite similar? Mm. Anyway, like if it was like a, oh my god, I can't believe that they just said that and like dramatic view. Like I said like before, what? people kind of in shadows using actors' voices to protect the innocent. Yeah, and like I watch a lot of like murder files and TV shows like that, and they've always got like fake like like people lying on the ground like pretend dead and stuff and they're all talking about stuff and they act out fights it could be like that I'd watch that I don't think I'd watch 
what it is that you're proposing that I watch. Ripley and Hicks, deceased. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it's, I think, well, I don't know if it's well documented, but Ridley Scott has said, I mean, let's not listen to him, he made Prometheus and Covenant. Who the, the hell calls their kid Ridley? What does it even mean? It's, and wasn't his brother Tony? So, yeah. <laughs> did uh, did Tony get off lightly? Maybe it's not his real name. I don't know. Oh anyway. God! Like M Night Shyamalan. The Riddler. M Night Shyamalan. That's not his real name. Night. M Night Shyamalan. 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 Bruce Willis. Shyamalan. Real name? It's actually Walter Willis. Is it actually? He's called yeah, it Walter. It's actually Walter. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, yes, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott has since said, yeah, "Let's not really listen to him because he made Prometheus and Covenant and thought they were good, but they're not." So he's talked about before Prometheus came out. He talked about how he had decanonized everything after Alien Two, and was there not mention of potentially making a third Alien film that would be about, or a, an Alien Three, a replacement Alien Three that would be about Ripley, Newton, Hicks? Why bother? There may is, well have been. But is, is he now just it? becoming George Lucas 2.0? I don't know, yeah. Although he still made The Martian, which is a great film. <laughs> but is there not... Was that not... What was the... Um, I forget the director's name. The guy that made... Neil Blomkamp? Nine. Yeah, that's the one. Is yeah. that not what his one was supposed to be? Yeah, but again, I... I'm deep enough into the... Um, the lore or the... Uh, rumours surrounding all of these different projects to know whether or not any of it's true or I don't know. And they look to have better things I think to do Prometheus and Covenant and things I don't know where we stand now with those. Well his, uh, Blomkamp's film is not happening anymore. It's not? No. No it's been it's it's been shelved. They're not making it anymore. Okay. Which I think is a shame because I'd like to see his take on this. I think he's interesting. Even Even though like uh, Elysium wasn't a good film. I think uh, I'd rather watch something that he has to do than rid- see Ridley Scott make another one of these. Yeah, I can remember being interested when I heard that he was supposed to be doing one. Um, but as it stands, the ones that we do have, Natalie, do you think they should have stopped at two? Yes. Craig, should they have stopped at two? Or do you appreciate everything that came after? I'm going to say yes, but with a caveat. I don't think that... I don't think it's... There are no more good films in the Alien franchise. It does have a lot of potential. You know, the um, the basis of it is that it's a horror film in space, but you've got this kind of background, the Wayland yutani Corporation, and all this that you can play around with. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that not necessarily every one of them needs to be a horror film because Aliens proved that. So I'm going to disagree. There's versatility in the franchise, so therefore it doesn't necessarily follow that you you will make bad films. It's just that ever since the second film, all they've really made is bad films. Although, I mean, spoilers for two years from now, but I don't mind <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. And, <laughs> and I, look, I am actually really looking forward to the year 2020 to when oh, I can God. explain why. Natalie, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you said you disagree. Yeah, I, I... We've had this conversation before, though, in other podcasts, where... You've said, I'm encouraged because there's potential and they can do more and they can do better. And I just think, why bother? Why? Like, I'm just tired even thinking about it. But, like, you're saying 
oh, they can keep on going until they make a good one. I'm like, just stop. Just no, don't I don't think they bother. should keep, keep like, going until they make the a good whole, one. I think they should just make a the good whole one. The whole corporation thing, I think it's really predictable. We can see through it. It's, you know, the whole, wow, they're so shady and no one understands that they just want the alien to, like, do tests on. I've seen films about that already and I've seen some done well, seen some that are crap. I just... I just think that there are other things that these people who are going to be working on a film that they're going to set themselves up for failing because it's going to be shit <laughs> should be investing their money, their time, their creativity um, into a different project. There are enough of them. Let them try something else. I think that a bit like um, with Star Wars, you know, it, it existed as this kind of holy trilogy for some people and then you know they went on to make prequels sequels and now we're just going to have more and more of them and i think you know there's not it doesn't the stuff that comes after doesn't negatively impact anything that you know came before so you can still watch alien and aliens and enjoy them just as much uh, and you know free to enjoy alien 3 alien resurrection any of the avps or any of the prequels I'm sure they appeal to someone. Plenty of people, some people, yeah. And as we've already said, this Alien Three will be somebody's favorite film. Whoever you are you out not, there, it's not. They're they're out there somewhere. They're not. And no one can hear them scream. Um, so I'm sure that you know this no is. No one can hear you defend Alien. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, there's no one who can say that this is their favorite film. This is a franchise that has made money and will continue to do so, and as long as it does, they're going to continue making films of it. And some of them might be all right. I don't know if they're ever going to uh, match or surpass the first two because those two are documented as being brilliant. And um, yeah, I don't expect anything that comes out to to approach them in quality i think it's had its time there's not i mean there's not as many of these but it's sister franchise the predator films they they kind of proven there's there's still mileage there you know the the first film is is great because it's you know it's got arnie in it and it's like it's, it's that post vietnam sort of thing and then the second film is something i've only seen once when i was too young to watch it and probably fell asleep uh, so i don't remember it that well i know that danny glover's in it and I know that there's a predator killing drug dealers, and I've got a vague memory of people hanging from hooks uh, in, in a skyscraper. But that's about it. I haven't seen it since. You know, and I suppose I should rewatch it at some point. But then you get, well, Alien vs. Predator doesn't count. So then you've got Predators, which was excellent, because um, they just got a director that was that was committed to making a good film. And I think. Certainly Ridley Scott has lost capacity to make this franchise good, but the whole thing about enduring franchises is that you do get different voices on them. And you, um, So Blomkamp could have made a really good Alien film. We just won't know from for now. But the fact that Ridley Scott seems to be resigned to still making them, despite the fact that 90% of the audience say that they hate them uh, and don't want him making them, and yet somehow he gets money for them. Somehow, you know, he just they get funded and they get made, and they look great. I mean, they're well shot because Ridley Scott's a good, good director. But at the end of the day, if you want to make watchable alien films, produce it and let someone else have a go. You know, there's loads of hungry directors out there that will make something interesting. Didn't Disney just buy Fox? Well, the deal hasn't gone through yet, but um, 
depending on when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm predicting in the future. So there you go. You've got a Star Wars model all ready to go with uh, an existing franchise, um, which provide us with years and years worth of content to cover. <laughs> Every yeah, what are we going to do in like several years when we get past Covenant? I mean, presumably there'll be at least one more of them by then. There will. Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to be we're going to be kept in an annual. <laughs> podcasting tradition uh natalie are you looking forward to covering the future alien movies as they stand at the moment i mean it's only once a year your face doesn't say that you are i would listen to what my face is saying okay so we'll see you here in a year's time for the next one just wait till we get to alien uh, versus predator i'll be you know I, i mean i'm not the person that says i'm not the i'm not the example of this is someone's favorite film but I don't mind it, and that's why I'm looking forward to talking about it. I just have to get through the next one first, which I don't remember that well. But you know, you never um, know. You might discover that you enjoy Resurrection. It's imp- it's not impossible. Big Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I like and him. there's uh, what's her name from Stranger Things? Which one? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. <gasps> She's in it for you. How did you forget her name? Sorry, I just had a blank there so there's Ron Perlman for Craig Winona Ryder for you Natalie Mm -hmm. all we had to do is get over the hump of Alien 3 wait where does this exist in Alien Resurrection oh god so look out for that next year folks (laughs) (laughs) okay um, we'll begin the wrap up now just do it just get it over Natalie any any other business slash final thoughts no none (laughs) what's your final take on, on Alien 3 Again, I've used this word already. It's a few letters long. Ends in a question mark. Why? Craig? Not a fan. And talking about it hasn't made me any more of a fan. Uh, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I have no reason to now. <laughs> Not even the theatrical one, just to compare? No. no I don't nope. feel like I need that. There's got to be a website somewhere that's like side by side comparison of the theatrical versus. Just don't even bother. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. I don't fact, think it's necessary to do that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to bother. I wouldn't watch it again. Uh, obviously, I'll watch Resurrection next year and see what I think of it. <laughs> get back. I'll get back to AVP and I'll have fun. Uh, then I'll get to AVP two, which is I've only seen it once uh, and don't remember loving or hating it. So that'll be interesting. And then. Back to Prometheus and then Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> Great, because Covenant wasn't bad enough the first time. Oh, so there's plenty to look forward to there. Um, for me, I don't remember a time where this movie wasn't terrible in my mind. <laughs> you know, even before I'd seen it the very first time, I think I always had the impression or had been told by friends that it was nowhere near as good as one and two. So. Oh, yeah, it was always kind of off to a bad start with me, and yeah, theatrical version, assembly cut. I I'm bored by both of them, and I really don't like the visuals and the. I find yeah, I just find the whole thing, the whole idea, the whole prisoners. They all, they all look the same. All the corridors look the same. I really don't like this sort of rusty industrial look. I want I want to like it because I do like Alien and Aliens, but yeah. I can't see myself putting this on again anytime soon. And now that we've, you know, had to watch it, we've had the obligation of a podcast to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, 
I don't know if I could say never because never say never, but um, I don't see myself watching it again never anytime soon. Never say never. But I'd a, like. Sorry, friend, go on. I have a friend who bought <laughs> Alien and Aliens on Blu-ray for like I think it was fifteen pound each at some point when they could have got the entire series for twenty quid, but they chose to pay almost double that to not own the other ones. That that pretty much sums it up. No, I think that that makes them losers. Because uh, what a well, waste of money. Hopefully they're not listening to this. So, they yeah. can listen to it, which brings me to a little special shout-out. Go on. Who is it going to be to? <laughs> Great shout-out. You can't even remember oh, who it's for. Wait a minute. Is it Uncle Jason? Yeah. Does he like aliens? Yeah, so from Uncle Charles to Uncle Jay. <laughs> Hi, Uncle Jason. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You're probably like, why even bother talking about it? Yeah, if you it? made Unless it, if you made it through this far, film. this has been pretty negative. Yes. You might be that person who's out yeah. there who loves aliens. Tell me if this is your favourite film, and if it is, we can't hang out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to list some of the most successful um, movies from 1992 that you might want to watch <laughs> instead of Alien 3. Ooh, that sounds good. Aladdin. Yes. Yay. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yes. You missed uh, it, the bodyguard. Batman Returns. Sister yeah. Act. Wayne's World. These were all ranked higher in worldwide box office takings than Alien Good. 3. Deservedly although, so. Yeah. Although, I can't believe Death Becomes Her and Beethoven are not above that. <laughs> Forever uh, Young and High Sitter. Brilliant. Special mention to White Men Can't Jump. Uh, a reissue of Pinocchio. Fern Gully so The Last Rainforest, Natalie. All films uh, from 1992 that you might rather watch. Yeah. Or we probably should have watched. There was, <laughs> rather a, better, than... there was a better three that was out in 1992. Go on. Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> Where's that? Is that Number five. Oh, yeah, you list. jumped that. I like Lethal so, Weapon 3. So there you go. That would be my advice to anyone listening. Don't watch Alien 3. Go and watch one of those films from 1992 instead. Also, Buffy Connection. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that movie, that was out in 1992 as well. Huh? Wow, I didn't even know that. It's also crap, don't watch it. It all, I'd say, it all ties up neatly in a nice I'd little I'd say package. watch Death Becomes Her because it's actually, that was my phone falling onto oh, the floor. Another, another good thing, yeah. Army of Darkness. Hmm? Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. Yeah, but again, like... It's not good, it's one. not great, but it's better than this. Yeah, but it's I'd true. rather watch Awesome. Let's go watch Aladdin. Yes. <laughs> to the cantina music. Maybe that's what we'll do when we run out of Alien films for Alien Day. We'll, we'll do uh, better films that we could have watched instead of Aliens set that came out that year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks, I guess, for joining me on this journey through our least favourite Alien film so far. Uh, it probably gets better from here. It's good to know that we're not alone. It, you know, it's 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 nice to have that companionship in the in the talking about a terrible film. <laughs> I don't know, like it, it, it had to be done. You know, this is the tradition. We knew that we had to get over this. We've do done it. Do we should what? celebrate that. No, do you know what? I I am actually really disappointed in both of you. Why? Because you both have seen this before. You both knew that it was terrible, and you still let me watch it. Yeah, but I'd, me seeing it before is like. You're probably talking over a decade, well over a decade. I don't care. You knew it was terrible, and now I've seen it, and I'm like, I could have been doing 
so many other things. My my assumption of it being terrible was more anecdotal, based on the fact that a lot of people have said that it's terrible. <laughs> based on the fact that but, it is actually but true, I don't, it's awful. I don't recall it being bad myself. You do know because well, yeah, no, no, I've experienced <laughs> it and never have to experience it again. Right, I've had yeah. enough of talking about Alien Three. Charles Dance, peace out. Happy Alien Day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for a Neil Before Pod special. Remember, you can download <laughs> Neil Before Pod at iTunes, Stitcher, yes. Podcast Addict, Podcast. and wherever good podcasts are sold. Yeah, like bookstores. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs>